0: chapter seventeen of the house of mystery by richard marsh this librivox recording is in the public domain the signor is astonished madeline still tremulous turning looked at the italian without for the moment quite realizing who he was or what he said He on his part was in the usual excitable condition it seemed it was his wont to be his words stumbled over each other in their haste to be uttered it is good that i find you very good most excellent more it is about time i look for you everywhere up and down all over the place you are nowhere oh no there is nothing to be seen of you not a thing until now just when i am going what you call dark staring raving mad he appeared to be in a state of singular agitation his big black eyebrows went up and down his eyes rolled his head twirled about on his shoulders his whole body was in continual movement as if it had been hung on springs his volubility added to madeline's bewilderment she allowed him to grip her wrist and to lead her through an open door into a room which she had a misty consciousness was lettered with all sorts of odds and ends without offering the faintest remonstrance it was his own apartment the one in which mr lazarus had illustrated in such an uncomfortable manner what he called odic force the signor banged the door behind him Madeline sank limply onto a chair on which there already was a pile of music whereon bianchi crossing his arms upon his chest stood in front of her in an attitude which suggested fury rather than grace he showed an inclination to indulge in vain repetitions so it is you at last as i've said there is now an opportunity for you to explain what you mean by treating me with such monstrous cruelty me whose soul is all tenderness who would not hurt a fly you will now be able to make me understand what is the meaning on your lips of deceit falsehood ingratitude black hearted treachery to let me know if you are indeed a woman or a thing of horror i wait for you to tell me these things as you see i am at your service i attend only your convenience madeline's only response was to rise from her chair her manner was as cold as his was very much the reverse be so good as to let me go springing to the door he prevented its being opened by placing his back against it never never i give you my word until you have told me all that i have a right to demand we shall understand each other altogether at last i promise you before you leave this room he waved his hands in the air as he was speaking as if he were doing his best to shake them off his wrists madeline momentarily regaining more and more of her composure began to eye him as if he was some sort of curiosity you are making a mistake off went his hands again wiggle waggling in the air they seemed to be in constant danger of dislocation it is a mistake i make no doubt it is not the first but i swear to you that it shall be the last there shall be no more mistakes between us two i desire i command you therefore to tell me why you have played with me the fool why you've lied to me as if you were a thing of infamy to tell me now at once madeline reflected it occurred to her as being at least within the range of probability that this man had had something to do with maud during court's crime it was even possible that it was he who had been the direct incentive that he had actually urged her to the act she resolved to commence to break through the tangled web of misconception in which she had become ravelled by giving him clearly to understand who and what she was the mistake you make is in supposing me to be miss Dorincourt. the words were clearly uttered yet that they conveyed no meaning to his mind seemed evident he stood staring at her with knitted brows as if she had addressed him in an unknown tongue what is that you say i say that the mistake you make is in supposing me to be miss dorincourt i am not i'm no connection of hers i'm a stranger to her she had never heard of me nor had i heard of her till yesterday i am madeline orme the musician's brows still were knitted as if he was struggling with some knotty point the solution of which was beyond his mental capacity then moving quickly towards her putting his hand upon her arm he said with a degree of earnestness which placed his sincerity beyond all question what a liar you are what a liar or as a doubt seemed to cross his mind is it that you are mad madeline smiled faintly in spite of herself the little man's bluntness coming so clearly from his heart seemed to appeal to her sense of humor i'm not a liar on this occasion nor am i mad i almost wish sometimes that i were it is the simple fact that i'm not miss dorincourt look at me closely you mean to say that you cannot see for yourself that i am not he did as she bade him thrusting his face within six inches of hers searching her features with eager yearning staring eyes what new lie is it that you tell me maud why do you tell me such a lie you must be mad can you not see that i am not she whom you call maud he made a hurried movement backwards sweeping his hand before his eyes as if to brush away some threatening illusion it is impossible it cannot be it is not a thing to be believed if you are not Maud, who are you then i am madeline orme madeline orme who is madeline orme nothing and no one a creature picked out of the gutter to play the part a great lady for a day I do not know what you mean. What you say is beyond my understanding. It is a new game you play with me, Maud. He flung his arms above his head with a frantic gesture of appeal. I cry to you out of my soul for mercy. I ask you to remember how often I have told you the story of my love, with what willingness you have listened to me, and all that you have promised. I ask you not to forget, Madeline interrupted him. Don't you think it is unwise to talk in this strain to a perfect stranger? A perfect stranger, you dare to call yourself a perfect stranger, Maud. Is it possible that you are such a one that you will even deny that you are yourself? My good man, I tell you that I am not Maud, and it seems to me that you can scarcely have such an intimate acquaintance with the lady as you pretend if you are unable to discover that fact for yourself a man who knows a woman as well as you would have me believe that you know miss dorincourt is surely able to detect the imitation from the real he went three or four steps backward as if to be able to observe her from a more advantageous point of view by degrees as he continued to stare there seemed to enter into his mind the beginnings of doubt i do not believe you are maud i do not believe it she would not speak to me she would not look at me like that and yet you are maud you must be maud it is another game you play with me it is altogether impossible that two persons can be so like each other it is one of those impossibilities which have an inconvenient knack of translating themselves into facts the thing's a freak of nature nothing more providence has seen fit to make me in externals so like miss dorincourt that even to me the resemblance seems incredible you must know that it's almost as much a novelty to me as it is to you i'm still in a state of continual surprise but if what you say is true and you are who do you say you are i am madeline orme who is no one in particular where then is Maud? madeline considered and decided that on the whole it might be more prudent to leave the question open i am not miss dorincourt's keeper so and you what is it that you do here i have been pretending to be miss dorincourt you have been pretending to be miss dorincourt in the name of heaven since when have you been pretending it is a funny way in which you put it to be miss dorincourt i am beginning to think i dream On the contrary, you are just commencing to awake. I've been playing at being the lady in question since yesterday. Since yesterday, Bianchi gave a dramatic start. In an instant, every part of his body seemed to be in simultaneous movement. Is it possible? Can it be that it was you, you, who this morning engaged yourself to marry the Earl of Staines? The young lady's countenance went a shade paler. It is quite possible. It was not her? It was not her. Holy Virgin! It is incredible, a thing not to be believed. And he, the Earl, he thought you were Maud. There is reason to suppose it. The girl's tone was dry. All the company of saints was ever such a comedy. What a creature you must be! What a woman to play such a trick! before all that crowd of people i must be an absolutely shameless person mustn't i two bright red spots were burning on madeline's cheeks the musician's ingenious outspokenness stung her nearly to madness it is not only that but what a boldness what a courage what a what a boundless impudence yes all that indeed i have seen something of women of curious women you may take my word for it but you are altogether beyond them all altogether my gracious my gracious he struck his temples two or three times smartly with his open palms it is a veritable comedy you are like one of the valets of moliere i thank you i trust they were agreeable persons they are the most impudent rascals the wit of man ever conceived, the most bare-faced. I thank you still more. She dropped him a curtsy, her face flaming. That is, if you are not maud, of which I have still a doubt, you need have none. On that point you may take my word. Then it is a marvel, a true miracle, that the good God should have made two persons so like each other. But what a burden you lift off my heart. What a weight! And what a wrong I have done to my dear Maud in my thoughts! But how was I to know there were two of you? No one had spoken a word to me, not a hint. How was I to know it was you and not she? You would have deceived the devil himself, but now that once more my heart is alive, my soul revives! What a rapture to think that after all she is the Angel, the true Angel! i have from the first supposed her and after you had engaged yourself to the earl you came in here to lazarus and to me pardon me but i did not he spun round on his heels what do you mean i am merely replying to your inquiry i say that you came in here to lazarus and to me and i say again that i did not who was it then that i cannot tell you unless it was miss dorincourt miss dorincourt Miss Dorincourt. His jaw dropped open. The muscles of his face began to twitch. Suddenly rushing at her, he threatened her with his clenched fists. Do not dare to say it was Miss Dorincourt. It's a lie, a lie, a lie. It was you. You are all lies. She made a little movement with her hands. Possibly, but on this occasion I happened to be speaking the truth. Swear to me, it was not you. This is the first time i was ever in this room he looked at her long and fixedly something which he saw in her face seemed to drive the light all out of his his hands fell to his sides staggering back he stumbled over a chair sinking onto the seat his head dropped forward onto his chest in a moment he had become a picture of dejection his voice was sepulchral my god my god my god he groaned we are undone altogether she and i and it is you who have done it it is all you you are a wicked 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 woman granting the general proposition how do you propose to make it up in this particular instance i supposed as all the world supposed that it was she who had promised herself unto the earl that she had foully betrayed me was i not a witness with my own eyes i was beside myself with rage i exclaimed that i would have his life and hers lazarus took me at my word when she came in here he said to me i will arrange for you a perfect revenge i will put it in her heart to kill him with her own hand to kill him with a knife i was not unwilling for i believed that she had betrayed me at first go on the girl had woke to sudden interest she had advanced a step or two closer to him and was exhorting him to continue with voice and gesture he had paused he was covering his face with his hands after all she had come to me with a heart old truth and he cast on her the evil eye who did lazarus what do you mean by the evil eye he looked up at her with glowering eyes you ask me such a question you who have cast the evil eye on all of us never mind me go on with what you are saying who is this lazarus he is my friend or rather he was my friend he is now my greatest enemy when i see him i will not answer for myself he is a witch a wizard i know not what you call it he cast on her a spell he declared to me that he would put it into her heart to kill the earl he was as good as his word she was as wax in his hands as wax i saw it with my eyes if she were to find the earl which the saints forbid i believe that she would thrust in him a knife because of what lazarus put into her heart madeline's heart died down within her heavy weights seemed to be dragging at her limbs for some moments she was speechless she began to have an inkling of what it was that had really happened to realise the position in all its horror she has found the earl her voice had all at once grown hoarse its hoarseness seemed to affect bianchi's as he half rose from his chair as if involuntarily in obedience to some volition other than his own his huskiness seemed to be a sort of mockery she has found him and she has thrust in him a knife as with an apparent effort of will the man grasped her meaning his face became transfigured it was as if he had been attacked by Drismus the muscles of his jaw and throat became rigid locked it was dreadful to see him his features were set in an awful grin when his jaw did move it was convulsively words came from him in choking gasps it was difficult to make out what he said my god my god my god after his triple appeal to the deity he was still the man and the woman barely a couple of feet apart stood and eyed each other she seeing something in his tortured face which cut her to the soul in some indescribable way she seemed to grow smaller to wither as she perceived less and less dimly what a wholly helpless instrument maud had been in the hands of a master of evil phantoms came crowding into her brain she began to tremble do you mean to say that she didn't know what she was doing she knew nothing it was lazarus who did it all they spoke to each other in scarcely audible whispers as if their voices had become worn to threads but how could he do it if he was not there it was the evil eye holy virgin deliver us from evil he crossed himself spasmodically it was as though some exterior force rebelled against his desire to describe on his breast the holy symbol she watched him all the time ghosts chasing each other through her brain each conjuring up a separate image of dread she thought of her recent interview with maud how she had showered on her head a whole arsenal of insults she had accused her of being guilty of all the crimes in the calendar steeped to the neck in the slough of iniquity in the light of what the italian had said she perceived with what superlative good temper the girl had endured the shower of calumny how hideously she had been ill-used madeline went hot and cold red and white as she contemplated the part which she herself had taken in that ill-usage if only the ground would have opened to swallow her up if only she could have fled somewhere to hide herself forever from the sight of men and women if only she could have performed some impossible feat of expiation wiped out with a wet rag the last four and twenty hours from the tale of her life the pair continued to stare at each other motionless as if they had been turned into stone by degrees a mastering emotion began to grow up in madeline's breast it gathered force became a frenzied desire to cleanse her soul at any cost From the reeking mass of deception amid which as it seemed to her it wallowed to lift her head out of the depths into which she had allowed herself to sink to become once more worthy of at least her own respect if she only could do that she felt that god might be once more with her but until then never she stretched out her hand a little way towards her companion tentatively as if still in doubt as to what she ought to do or say and she began to speak in a voice which at first tremulous uncertain, gained strength as she went on until at last her tones rang through the room like trumpet notes. It's all my doing, all mine, how great a fire, a little spark is kindled, because I was weak and suffered my better judgment to be overruled, pretending that I was yielding to the promptings of a spirit of adventure during the flight of only a few hours, all this has come. How worse than foolish I have been, what a wicked wanton, yesterday i could have told myself that though the world had pressed upon me pretty hardly and so it has i had done nothing of which i need have cause to be ashamed and now where's all my boasting now i have plunged head foremost into a carnival of shame lurched myself from top to toe lost all those things which i held so dear i have been like a spark dropped into a powder-barrel which in its explosion scars every one in reach there is not one of you i have not brought with myself to open shame Drawing herself straight up, holding out her arms in front of her, she broke into a strain of passionate intensity. The Italian, his head held a little forward, stared at her with shining eyes as if he found in her half-hysteric utterance of some esoteric fascination. What is done cannot be undone. The past is past. It has become written in the Book of God, from whose pages nothing shall ever be erased. But I can stop the doing, and I will this instant, if God will only help me i will confess my sin if he will only give me strength yes before them all take off the borrowed clothing in which i have dared to stand and show myself to be the creature of rags and tatters which indeed i am they shall know me as the wretch who has crept into the house like a and thief with perjuries upon my lips hypocrisy in the very air she breathes brazen-faced yet a coward every inch of her in an ecstasy of emotional exultation, clasping her hands she seemed to be appealing to an unseen presence give me strength o god for thou knowest how much i stand in need of it Hard is the task which is before me without thy help i fear to fail by the waters of bitterness my feet are faltering lead thou them in for only by passing through the depths shall i reach safety a quiet conscience thy peace upon the further side she was silent yet continued for some seconds in the same attitude of rapturous supplication then her hands dropped to her sides and with her head held well aloft turning without speaking another word she passed from the room bianchi made not the slightest effort to detain her but scarcely had she closed the door behind her than without on the very threshold she was stayed by a tall thin gentleman who held himself to the full as erect as she did and who glanced at her from under nearly closed eyelids as he glanced at her he smiled and from the gentleman his glance and his smile she instinctively shrunk back it was mr lazarus the sight of him seemed to fill the girl with an odd sense of repulsion she stood as close as possible against the wall as if to avoid any risk of even her garments coming in contact with his person she seemed to be waiting for him to move aside so as to give her room to pass but so far from moving he not only remained stock still he addressed her in a voice which grated on her nerves even as his presence did my beautiful so it is you my songbird in whose throat the music is all frozen ah the ejaculation accompanied a movement of his eyelids which startled her revealing as it did what a truly astonishing pair of orbs had been concealed behind them she put up her hand as if to shield herself from their glare how dare you speak to me in such a way who are you let me pass his eyelids had reverted to their original position he was peering at her from beneath their rims in a fashion which suggested that for some cause or other he had been a little taken by surprise you have forgotten me already that is strange it is not often that i am so soon forgotten by my lady friends the last words were uttered with a leer which made the blood boil in madeline's veins did you not hear me ask you to let me pass stand aside sir he showed no sign of doing as she desired but continued to smile and look at her as if he were examining her with a certain curiosity which was peculiarly his own you are in a great hurry why all at once life in itself is such a rapid thing that it is a mistake for any one to hurry go slow my dear go slow what is the matter with you now the matter was that madeline appeared to have resolved to ignore his advice and to get away from him as quickly as she possibly could at once his manner changed opening his eyes to their widest he fixed on her a demoniacal glare extending his hand towards her with a gesture of imperious command wait i tell you to wait the spectacle which he presented was horrible looking like some obscene creature possessed of unholy powers the girl shrank back against the wall seeming for an instant as if she would succumb to his baneful influence but in that direction at any rate she was stronger than he supposed on a sudden overtaken as it seemed by a paroxysm of uncontrollable rage she sprang forward positively leaping at him like some wild creature striking him with one hand after the other on either cheek well-delivered resounding blows in the first flush of his surprise he started back before he could recover himself she had rushed past him and darted round the corner out of sight his countenance as he continued to stare in the direction in which she had disappeared was a study of varying emotions for an appreciable space of time it was distorted like a maniac's no one who had seen him then would have denied that there was madness in his blood by slow degrees it became so to speak smoothed out until at last it returned to its normal condition of nearly shut eyes and perpetual smile what is the matter with me is it possible that i begin to lose my power or have i caught her in an antagonistic mood i don't like it it's not nice for me a short while ago she was so pliable. I had but to look at her, it was dumb. She was as easy to deal with as any one could be. Now, already what a change to have run away, to have slapped my face. No, it is not nice for me. When I see her the next time, I will try again. Then perhaps it will be bad for her. As he said this, he unceasingly smiled and walked towards the music room. Now he had reached it. He turned the handle of the door. End of chapter seventeen.